Last week, we started a series, Following God in Times of Trouble. As I mentioned last week, I was drawn to the story of Elijah and a widow that he visited in Zarephath. As I've been reading it more, it's just a treasure of insight about who God is. Last week, we talked about how Elijah was faithful, and yet he still had to run and hide. On the one hand, it's encouraging God is looking out for Elijah, but it's also unnerving. God is not rewarding Elijah the way I would like him to reward him. He's actually just helping him get by in a remote desert hideout, drinking uh, from a brook and being fed by unclean birds. This week, we move to the next story of Elijah's life and his faithfulness to follow God, even when the situation gets worse. And as I read the news these days, it sounds like things are going to get worse before they get better. Different projections put the peak of this infection somewhere out in the middle of May. I read social distancing measures and the words June and July in the same sentence. I read economic projections saying that we are in for the long haul. I want to know how to navigate all this stuff as a follower of Jesus. For me, Elijah's story is a good story. It's an encouraging story, but it is no fairy tale. Elijah is a faithful man, a prophet called by God. He faithfully does what God commands, and not only is he not rewarded, but his situation seems to get worse, even worse than it is for the idolatrous people God sent the drought to challenge. Elijah's story raises real questions for me. What does following God look like, especially when the world around us is in a crisis? How is faithfulness honored by God? How does God's provision challenge my views of what God should do for those who follow him? I wonder if some of you are asking these same questions. Maybe some of you are asking, what does faithfulness look like when I can't go to church? Or maybe some of you are asking, what am I, am I doing something wrong? Am I, I am doing my best and to follow God, but my situation actually seems to be getting worse. Fundamentally, we are out, we are all asking, how do we follow God in hard times? How do we stay faithful when things go from bad to worse? That's why I love the word of God. I've been reading this same short passage, just nine verses over this last week, and every time I read it, I realize something new about God and about staying faithful even when things get worse. Let me show you what I found. But first, in case you missed it last week, Elisha was a prophet called by God to warn King Ahab in Samaria, which is the northern kingdom of Israel. That's where he was that there was, he's called to warn him that there was going to be no rain. God was bringing a drought to the land because God's people had stopped following him and started following a false god of the weather named Baal. Once Elijah warned the king, God told him to travel to Kareth, to hide there. And while he was there, God would provide a brook for him to drink from and food brought to him by ravens. It struck me last week that despite his faithfulness, Elijah was sent to a place He wasn't sent to a palace. He wasn't sent to his home. God sent him to hide out in a desert ravine to barely get by drinking from a brook. And that's where we pick up the story. Verse 7 says, Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. I don't know about you, but I'm wondering if I'm reading this story backward. Shouldn't this be going the other way? Shouldn't the more faithful Elijah is, the better things get. Not only is Elijah getting by drinking from a brook and fed by raisins or ravens, but now the brook dries up as a result of the drought God has brought on the land. This story reminds me that God is good, but he is not tame. 
And no matter how much we might try, he simply can't get God to go along with our project or to do things the way we think God ought to do them. Faithfulness and true devotion continue on even when things go from bad to worse. In verse 8 it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him. I want to stress the word then. It reveals an important detail about the series of events. God didn't, didn't warn Elijah the brook would dry up. And other than telling Elijah to go and hide in the ravine, we don't know if God said another word to him the whole time he was out there. Again, this story troubles me. I want God to warn me of every turn in the road. I want God to warn me about every hurdle I will face. About the only surprise I want are the good ones. And yet for Elijah, he was faithful doing as God said. And these things went from bad to worse. And then God spoke to him after all of the things had happened, after the brook had dried up. And it's what God says next that continues to challenge me. In verse 9, God says, Go to Zarephath and Sidon and stay there. Now you might be asking, Why? What's wrong with Zarephath? Zarephath lies in the north of Israel. Or sorry, the north, it lies to the north of Israel in the neighboring kingdom of Sidon. Doesn't God realize that Zarephath is actually right near Sidon? the hometown of Jezebel, the foreign queen that King Ahab had married to strengthen his power, and it's largely because of her that God's people have turned away from him to worship her false god named Baal, the quote-unquote god of rain, and God wants Elijah to go and stay there? That's about the same as asking a modern-day Christian to go be a missionary in a country that kills Christians. But then God says, I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. And I can't help it, but my sarcastic side says, Wow, thanks God. Widows were some of the most vulnerable people in the ancient society. As a woman, she had few, if any, rights. Without a father or a husband or a son to take care of her, she had virtually no way of making a living, let alone taking care of Elijah. Again, I am reading this story, and I am wondering if I am reading it backward. It just seems to keep going from bad to worse. But Elijah is faithful and follows God, even when the going gets worse. In verse 10 it says, So he went to Zarephath. All joking aside, I am challenged by Elijah's faithfulness. No matter how hard it gets, no matter what God asks him to do, he just does it. Elijah shows us what trust looks like. So often we think about trust as something we feel. Like, I sure trust God, or I don't really trust that guy. And what we're really talking about is our feeling, our confidence in them. Scripture doesn't really talk about how much confidence Elijah had in God. All we see is his faithfulness, his trust acted out. As things go from bad to worse, I don't think God will hold it against us if if our confidence wavers. But I do think he wants us to act out our faith to demonstrate our trust in Him, even if we may not totally feel trust in Him. God honors faithfulness, even if it's not totally confident faithfulness. Just read further into Elijah's story to see how God cares for him, even when Elijah completely loses his confidence. If you hear one thing this morning, hear that we can still choose to trust God with our actions, even when we don't feel even when we don't feel trust with our feelings. So Elijah goes to Zarephath, 
And then it tells us, When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. Think about what Elijah has asked this woman. In the middle of a drought, he's asking her for water. In a time of famine, he has the audacity to even ask her to bring him a bit of food. Try to imagine what's going through the widow's mind right now. Unfortunately, it feels all too easy for me. I could just imagine her thinking that this is a national crisis. I'm doing everything I can just to care for my family, to conserve all I can to provide for my well-being, and you're asking me to share it with you? And as ugly and as easy it is for me to imagine what she might be thinking, her situation is worse than I can even imagine. She replies in verse 12, As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replies, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Let that sink in for a moment. Not only does she not have any bread, she only has a handful of flour. Take a moment. Hold out your hand. Imagine just enough flour to fill your palm. That's about enough flour to make three or four biscuits, maybe. She has a handful of flour and a little oil, and she's gathering sticks to make one last fire, to make one last meager meal for her and her son to eat before they die. As I was writing this part of the sermon, my son Shalem came in to ask me a question. Without him even knowing why, I called him over to me so he could sit on my knee, so I could give him a hug while I made some small conversation with him. The life of this widow is excruciatingly hard. She literally has nothing but a handful of flour, a bit of oil, and some sticks to cook it on. She and her son are about to die. Her situation humbles me. And when Elijah hears this in verse 13, he said to her, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make me a small cake of bread for me and from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. I wonder what it took for Elijah to say those words. Did he say them with confidence, believing with every bit of his heart? Did he merely say the words, faithfully saying what he had heard from God? Regardless of how confident he actually felt about it? It wouldn't have been easy for me. Since he started following God, he's gone from his home in Tishve to challenge a king then to hide for his life while he was fed by ravens and drank from a small stream until that stream dried up, then obeyed God and traveled to a homeland of the false idol Baal to rely only on a widow for food who has nothing more than a handful of flour and a bit of oil that she plans to cook and eat with her son before they die? Does this story speak faithfulness in a time of trouble or what? To my surprise, she went away In verse 15, it says she went away and Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up 
and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord that had spoken by Elijah. It wasn't until I was writing the sermon that I realized that this widow is also the hero of this story. And we don't even realize it, but we don't even know her name. She's just called the widow. And yet she exhibits the kind of faith I dream of. A foreigner comes, asking her to share her last bit of food before she and her son die. And despite that, and despite the fact that she's probably given up, I mean, she's accepted death and preparing to eat a last meal. She trusts Elijah. I have no idea if she did it with confidence or if she just figured, why not? We're all going to die anyways. The only thing we know is that she trusted Elijah. And ultimately, she trusted God. She did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day. I was struck by that little word, so. That tiny little two-letter word throws this whole new, whole new light on this story. You can, really, you can read it merely like a conjunction, just to let us know what's coming next. But I hear it as though it's explaining the result. Because she trusted and did what Elijah did, what Elijah said, God provided food every day for her and her son and Elijah. Because of her faithful trust in God, all three of them survived. It doesn't say that God turned her flour into a storehouse filled with grain or her oil into a thriving farm providing a bounty of food, but rather enough flour and oil to make bread each day enough food for that day. God's faithfulness, not providing extravagance, but rather faithfully providing life. The story spurs me on. I see Elijah's faith and I am inspired. I see the widow's faith and I am humbled. I hear their story and it reframes my understanding of God and how he provides, especially in times of trouble. Elijah's words continue to ring in my ear, do not be afraid. How many times does that phrase appear in Scripture? Do not be afraid. Today I hear God speaking those words over us. If even half the news articles are right, it's bad, and it's going to get worse. But we follow a faithful God who has led faithful people before us, people like Elijah and this widow, who show us how to follow God even as things get worse. But he's also given us more than inspiring stories and good examples. He's also given us his son, who has saved us. Jesus changes everything. He takes ancient story about a man of God 3,000 years ago and gives it meaning for us today. That when we put our faith in Jesus, when we trust him with our life, these stories become more than just stories. They become the word of God. They become stories the Spirit of God uses to shape our faith and to hold us close to Him, to get us through hard times when it seems like things just keep going from bad to worse. I want you to read this story and hear everything it has to say to us. But even more than that, I want you to hear God's word for us today. Do not be afraid. We have a Savior in Jesus. We can trust Him with our life. He will help us. Let us follow Him faithfully even as things go from bad to worse. Amen.